Please listen carefully. Listen. Beach, water, book, movie, repeat. Yes. And food. Boom, 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 boom. Um, we've been recording for three minutes. Okay, great. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> I'm Natasha. And I'm Christina. And we're welcome to episode... Two. Two. Where our theme today is... Misleading. Misleading. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I forgot what we were talking about. Misleading books, movies, and TV shows. Yeah. Uh, and what does misleading mean in this case? Well, I took misleading as either I thought it was something else and it was something completely different. Either I loved it or hated it. I, I don't think I picked either all loves and all hates. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was also anything that maybe when they advertised it or marketed it, it might have been misleading to begin with. Like I went in with one idea and, and came then you came out and you're like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and there's no third way to describe misleading, so I'm out. <laughs> We covered it. We did it good. We we did good. We done good. We bro. We, <laughs> we do good talk. <laughs> we speak well. Well, <laughs> that is the correct <laughs> sentence. Yes, I was just clarifying. Excellent job, everyone. Um, so who's starting off? Was who is starting us off with their first misleading book? I'm a middler, so not me. Okay, Steph. Okay. <laughs> Since it's fresh in my mind. So, I'm 100% positive none of you have heard of this book. It's called The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata. Okay, if you're on Goodreads, <laughs> as much as I am, this book has popped up a bajillion times. There is 30,425 ratings. The rating nice. level is 4.35. So, I'm, I was expecting a lot. This did not live up to what I thought it was people had written in the reviews one of my top favorite books of all time it was just a it was all just beautiful intense and passionate and sensual and hysterical and beautiful that was one quote uh love 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 it slow burn i loved no i freaking adored every single moment of this book i can see it being reread in the future uh i would hope you would like every single moment because this book is 625 pages long jesus I did can't. you read the whole thing? Yeah, I did read the whole thing. Oh my god. I hated every second of it. <laughs> so I thought, so basically the plot is a girl named Vanessa who is the personal assistant of a very uh, talented football player. And he's apparently, he's a dick. He's a big asshole and doesn't appreciate her. Basically doesn't talk to her. She quits her job. He then wants her back and then tries everything in his power to get her back to be his assistant. So, spoiler, she then, they end up somehow getting married because he wants to be a, he's Canadian, what, what? So he wants to be a resident in America's. How is this book 600 pages? It's because it clearly didn't have an editor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they end up, so he basically comes back to her being like, uh, I'll pay off your student debt if you marry me. And she's like, you weren't a dick to me these past two years I worked for you? Sure. And then they fall in love. But also, so it's a romance book, obviously, and I read a lot of them. <laughs> and you expect sex scenes in a romance book. It only happened in the last chapter, one time, in the whole 625 pages. So you can only imagine all that filler up until the end. Oh my god. So like a real relationship. Did you have, like, major blue pulse by the end? No, because they didn't even, inter- like, sexually interact. <laughs> they didn't, e- they were friends Wait, the whole time. Not at all? Even when they got married? No. 
<laughs> they were in separate bedrooms because it's what? a slow burn romance and they gotta get to know each other before. See, no, I don't want slow burn romance. No. Not no, you do when it's done right. This was like no words <laughs> to describe. <laughs> I hate wretches every second. And everyone's talking about how great, it's like such a great book. A bajillion reviews, like I said, and I couldn't get over how horrible it was. It kind of sounds like a shitty mashup of The Proposal and Two Weeks Notice. It was. Two Sandra Bullock movies. Yeah. Interesting. A lot to live up to. Maybe the author (laughs) has a type. Okay, but let me just defend myself here. Why did I read 625 pages? I mean, that's a good... (laughs) So it started off well, and I, like, the voice was good, the writing was good, but it was just too much at the end. But I'm like, I came this far, I have to finish it, I have to see it through. But it was the worst. So what did you rate it on Goodreads? One. Whoa, that is brutal. That's when you know it. And I almost wrote something. When I'm that mad and I almost write a <laughs> review with words, then you know. But I didn't. Because I was too mad and I'm still mad about it. Too mad to talk about it. And that's it. I can't. Don't read it. I don't recommend it. You didn't have any shout outs this time. <sighs> no. What the fuck was that book called again? Awful something name. Winnipeg the, and wi- the, win- the Wall of Winnipeg and me. What the fuck does that mean? Is the Wall of Winnipeg his like sports nickname? Uh, I think that's the team. Man, the man known as the Wall of Winnipeg couldn't find it in him to tell oh, her good he morning. Goalie? No, he's football. Oh, right, football. <laughs> is he? A- he's not a quarterback. I think okay. he's like a tight end. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a sports girl. Remember? <laughs> Do you only know tight end because it's also innuendo? <laughs> is he? Know. Is he a head receiver? What the fuck? Uh, all I listen. All I know about football is from Friday Night Lights. And all I know about that is Tim Riggins. And I don't know what he does. Running back? Running back, running back. So, so everything Steph knows about football is, is from Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins, Matt Saracen, Smash, and Michael B. Jordan, whose name I can't remember of character. That's it, I'm done. Next. Yes. So Nat, seamlessly with no cuts whatsoever, what's your book choice? <laughs> um, I chose Survive the Night by Danielle Vega. I do not know if you guys have heard of her. No. She <laughs> is a teen author that wrote The Merciless or something. I think it's like some sort of like Wiccan horror book. Into it already. Should yeah. I Google? Hold on. I don't know. But anyway, listen, we're podcasting right now. You put your phone down. <laughs> She's Googling like your pick. That wasn't my pick. Survive the Night is the pick. <laughs> This has a horrible rating on Goodreads. I know. Okay. That's the thing. That's what drives me crazy. I enjoy this. So just for everyone out there, it's 3.2. That's not terrible on Goodreads. I don't read anything below a 3.9. Some of my favorite books are at 3. So um, cut to the taste profile. Apparently Matt's taste is books that are terrible. Listen, we were going for misleading. I don't have a lot of misleading books that I love. Look who's a review. Anyway, so Survive the Night by Danielle Vega. Um, it's supposed to be a horror book, YA horror book, I guess. But when you get into it, it kind of turns into something different, sort of. But let me explain. Basically, what happens is this girl and her friend go to an underground rave in New York City. As you do Are as a 16? teenager. Yeah, okay. As you do, you know, like when you read teen books, they're always at a club. And I'm like, how did they get in? <laughs> they didn't even get carded. The main character does not want to go, but her friend makes her go. And, you know, Sounds they're... like Shadowhunters. I mean, the city of bones. Except in this one, they're partying. They're getting drugged up. They're getting super What's liquor drug up. choice as a teen? I can't remember. It wasn't. There ecstasy. was some. There was some weed. I think there was ecstasy. There was something else. There was like a whole shit ton Sounds of drugs. Awful. Yeah. So I feel like I just hate these people. 
You do hate them the whole time. I hated them always, but I loved this book. <laughs> anyway, so you, you're like, okay, these teens are like shit. <laughs> they're so stupid. And they're in this fucking underground, tun- not tunnel area, but like it's all of the underground of New York for some reason. It's just their open playground for raving. It's like a contemporary world or something. It is. It's supposed to be contemporary. The main character stumbles upon one of her friends and her friend is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and of she's course. like she's like julia shit but she's just like what the fuck so she goes and finds her friend she's like there's a dead body we gotta go um and they're gonna go like get help wait is the dead body her friend one of her other friends not not the main best friend that brought her down there okay who has more than one friend this is already unrealistic yeah every teen book has one friend one extra just friend. just one friend that she loses because of the guy right this doesn't happen in this one that's what why guy? i like this book <laughs> they're like okay well shit we'll go get help so they run, they grab a bunch of people that they know, they're about to go up the manhole, because as you do when you're in an underground rave, you have to exit via manhole. <laughs> <laughs> and they find that they can't exit, so they try to find another manhole, and they're all <laughs> sealed shut. I'm bum, sorry. Bum, bum. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Exit via manhole is like, this should be the tagline for this podcast. <laughs> Possibly we should film a porno called Exit via Manhole. Oh my because God. Because it's perfect. Anyway. Okay, that's you. <laughs> so all the manholes are sealed and they can't exit through them. So they're all fucking freaking out. They don't know what to do. And then it soon becomes apparent that they're being hunted under there because they keep hearing sounds wow. in the dark. It's like it's the real- Hunger Games. Right. What? <laughs> hunted. People are getting hunted. But that's out in the open. <laughs> Not it's fun. in an arena. This is underneath the wor- the city. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> are you? Is this the last time? Are you also not listening to that? Because my friend, I don't either. Um. So basically, they start to realize that they're being hunted, and there's things in the dark that they're seeing. Definitely seems like monsterish, like at first, and then it quickly turns into sort of like this weird teen slasher where these monsters are hunting them. But it's like teen slasher slash Japanese horror movie with the monster. Um, but the reason I like this is because by the end, like the whole time I'm thinking it's as one just plain horror. And by the end, I'm like, holy shit, this whole book is an allegory for addiction and the aftermath of addiction. And I was like, bl- mind blown. I'm telling you, nobody read that in there. I read that. Oh, so this isn't confirmed. This is what you think <laughs> it is. <laughs> what I feel. So you took away from the book. I wish, I wish people could see the dead stairs that we both gave that, where she was like, hold on, big reveal, so excited, it's an allegory for addiction, and we're just both like, okay. And no, I'm pretty sure she confirmed it at the end of the book, I can't remember because it's been years since I read it, but yeah, there was something that gave away and it was like, oh, this is an allegory for addiction. It was good though. It was like horror as real life story, not the Hunger Games. <laughs> People getting murdered in a enclosed space what could was, sound like the Hunger Games. What was that an allegory for? Is that what the Hunger Games Capitalism. <laughs> I look at that's I mean, what the Hunger Games has been resorted to. People getting murdered in enclosed space. Fucking Get Out is now similar to Hunger Games. <laughs> get Out is the Hunger Games. Anyway, that was my pick. I know it's a surprising pick for me. Is anything surprising <laughs> in the second episode? No. Yes. It better be. Surprise! Surprise! I feel like that's a lot to ask. People don't know us well enough for things to be surprising. What? But... Oh, yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> you have to oh. know somebody to be surprised. Well, Ooh. I'm revealing too much of myself now. <laughs> okay, so my pick. Uh, so, picture this. 
for my misleading book uh, being like a child of 14, 15, and you pick up a random book and it's called All American Girl by Meg Cabot. The book itself is very light. I think right up your alley, Steph. Um, Thank you. Yes, you would, probably. You would love it. I mean, it's Meg Cabot, right? So everything, it's a YA But could book. I find meaning in it? Probably not. I mean, you can try. She could, if she if she made her meaning out of that last book. So. Right. Oh, well. It's also so, so never it turns out it's also an allegory for addiction. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, for for mine was too. Mine was too addicted to that guy. Addicting people, relationships, <laughs> secret underlying theme of misleading. Everything is about addicts. Uh huh. So All, All American Girl, by the way, is not my pick, but it is leading up to it. Whoa. So I was a yes. Back in the rules. As a young child reading All American Girl, this really simple book. Um, it's about this main character named Samantha who lives in Washington, D.C. and is in an art class with the president's son and one day saves his life by stopping him from getting run over because he's like an idiot and almost gets run over and she like pulls him out of the street and so she becomes like a little national hero. And the first book is about that. It's really light. The characters are pretty young. Um, you're just reading this stupid teen romance story about the girl falling in love with a president's son and being his girlfriend at a certain point. Shoot back like two, three years later. So 17, 18-ish. And you find out there's a sequel to this like really cheesy, really simple book called Ready or Not. If it's going to follow All-American Girl, it's going to be beautiful trash. I'm going to love reading it. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to immediately forget about it when it's done. So I buy Ready or Not because I love the first one. And then like three or four chapters into Ready or Not, come to find out this is like Meg Cabot's like feminist trolling to get young girls to read sex positive stories. Because this entire book is about the main character, Sam, deciding if she's ready or not to have sex Whoa. with the president's son. And like the, it's on a really public stage, and everything happens, and she has to figure out should she have. Sex so or there not. is meaning behind this book. In ready or not, yes, there's no meaning behind All American Girl whatsoever, which is why it's amazing. So it's so fantastic. So it starts off with the, it's like a year past the first book. The president's son David invites her to come with his family to Camp David because his father is the president, which is the best part of all of this. <laughs> For Thanksgiving, and she thinks that that means he's asking her, does she want to come stay the night and they should have sex? Like, that's what she interprets that invite to mean. Uh, basically, the, like, 2008 version of Netflix and Chill was come Thanksgiving in Camp David. Um, <laughs> so she spends the whole book trying to decide if she wants to do this. At that point, she's the teen ambassador to the UN for what? some reason. She's on a very public stage. She saved the president, okay? She's a young hero. Did she want to be the UN ambassador? Did nope. anyone ask her? Nope. But she was. She had no choice. That seems very un-UN-like. Yeah. Wait, it gets better. Okay. okay. <laughs> because as the teen ambassador, she's on MTV having a conversation and people start asking her about some of the president's policies, which are called family first. And they're all about limiting access to abortion and to birth control. Oh. And How ahead of her time was she? Shit. Yeah, no, you don't even know. So she's going through all of this and she kind of has to pretend to be for them because the family is mm. but she says something at the mtv interview that implies that her and her boyfriend the president's son have already had sex <gasps> and then so now on like a public stage she's kind of dismissed everything that the president actually stands for yes all while she tries to figure out like am i ready for sex what should we do 
like everything that's going down and so she spends the whole book asking other people and like having communication about what this is like and my favorite part of the book is at one point she asks her sister her sister is older than her and much cooler and is like a cheerleader because it's a teen book so that should give you the epitome of everything that character is and she asks her sister you know what should she do because she knows her sister goes out with a lot of guys she thinks she'll have good advice her sister much to the surprise of my innocent innocent child self was like well first of all you can't have pleasure the first time being with a guy you have to figure out what you like first masturbation yes this a whole a whole scene or like a whole chapter of this book is especially being like you have to learn what you like she explains to her how to use like go to the bathtub and how to use the bathtub i'm shocked yes it was mind-blowing how to use the bath to the way to pleasure yourself and be like figure out what you like and then teach him so that when you guys have sex it's actually enjoyable for wow. you whoa and that was then, too much for this sister dude, where was she in dude, my life mad <laughs> mad spoiler skip to the end of the book okay yeah because she does have sex with him she goes back to her sister and she's like i totally did it and then you find out that her sister who you think is like, hasn't had sex has never because her sister's like actually i haven't found anyone that i want my first time to be with and that's just treated as totally okay it's totally fine the illusion of the sisters that she's kind of hoey her current boyfriend is like motorcycle jacket bad boy so you have an image around her and she's like actually no and that's fine it's totally perfect she's not ready yet that's okay what it just good one without knowing about it meg cabot who writes fucking princess diaries and something about a girl saving the president's son dropped a bomb here's the most sex positive book you're ever gonna read as a teen and irrelevant because now it's do you think this this one that's why this one got negative ratings on goodreads yes okay so it's actually Uh. funny this is what i want to bring up it's funny that you were talking about the goodreads one because i was also going to bring it up because earlier today i was on goodreads to read a little bit more about it because I wanted to make sure it's been so long since I've read it I remember it really positively but it could be problematic it's been a long time there are stuff that you don't realize is problematic from five years ago you do now so I went to go look it up and I saw a ton of like one star reviews and I was like oh my god I must have missed something that I'm not remembering maybe they do like slut shame the sister or something so I go to keep reading it and it's all these Fucking people that are like, how dare Meg Cabot write a book about sex positivity? Hold up, I'm gonna pull out some of this now. It was absolutely awful. There was one review specifically that talked about the fact that, you know, teen romances don't last forever. How shitty is Sam gonna feel, you know, five years down the line when she's not with David anymore? Why does it matter? She gave away her precious gift to this other guy. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) You are shitting all over this, like, secretly fantastic book. And I was trying to figure out for so long why a sequel to this book was even made. Like, what was the point? And I legitimately now believe Meg Cabot was like, I'm going to write something that, like, young girls need to read. And I'm going to hide it. I'm going to package it as a sequel to, like, my most innocent book humanly possible. Amazing. And you're going to buy it. And she, like, taught so many young girls that you should know how to masturbate before you have sex, which is, like, this astonishing revelation, even for a couple of years ago. When was that book published? Um, hold on. I can tell you. It was in the 2000s. I'm just not positive when. I feel like now that would still be an issue with people. Oh, yeah, 100%. Sure. Some of these reviews are from, like, last week. 
Jesus. Yeah, it's got a 3.4 rating out of 22,000. Bullshit. This is from 2005. That's crazy. So this book is over 10 years old and it deals with like teen masturbation better than books that come out now that just don't even talk about it. Yes, so that was my misleading one. I went in thinking that I was going to get, you know, another lighthearted, easy romance and I got a book that I literally to this day have on my bookshelf because I will never get rid of Ready or Not. So that Good is Good pick. That is it for misleading books. Now we're on to movies. So I don't have a movie. <laughs> Just throwing that one out there. I like that in the second episode, we're already out of stuff. Just this one Just part. Like, I, pa- so <laughs> the first thing that came to mind when I thought of this was Sausage Party. Like, this, the <laughs> that trailer looked hilarious. I laughed out loud. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a great time. And then you go in and watch it and it's not funny. <laughs> like, nothing. I did not laugh once. The, like, nothing about it I enjoyed. And I was really upset about that. Was it just that it was terrible, or did it... Because did they end up, like, not making it very humorous? Wasn't it supposed to be, like... It wasn't funny. Like, I didn't find anything funny. Like, I can't even remember. I found it kind of dark. I didn't even watch it, and I was like, isn't that kind of dark? I feel like I remember people being like, oh, it looked like it was going to be really, like, lighthearted and stupid, but it was... Not even lighthearted, but, like, I thought it would be more humorous than it was. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that good. So that was the first thing. Did you see both seen it? No. No, I think I just watched the trailer and that was it. And somebody's like, you should really watch this movie. Because it looked good in the trailer. And then I have La La Land. The actress won an Oscar and it was not good. (laughs) I am so glad you said that because I was like, "Uh uh-uh. No, this Uh -uh. movie, it's not good. The music is terrible. You can't sing along. The plot, it's fine. (laughs) I'm so happy right now. I know. (laughs) We're all pleased. First of all, someone listened to our first episode and after Steph mentioned Arthur and all that stuff was like, oh, I love this girl. I want to marry her. And now I'm going to force him to listen to this second one where he's going to divorce you. (gasps) Wow. This Oh, he's the one that was really excited yeah. about La La Land winning. This, this asshole. So here's the thing. I actually, I enjoyed La La Land. I thought that it was fine. I, yeah, I, it was I fine. enjoyed it. But it was too much. We were giving too much praise. The yeah. idea that it was yeah. going to win Best Picture, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But there is someone in our group of friends who felt that it was the only one that could have won Best Picture. He's no, a terrible nope. person with terrible taste. And there is like an ongoing battle in my friend group about La La Land to the point that the whole night the Oscars were happening, a bunch of us were in a group chat tweeting back and forth and messaging each other being like, it can't fucking win. When it did win, he posted like this really smug picture or something like that. (laughs) So the second they were like, oh no, it's actually Moonlight because that's the clear, clear winner. We all had to go back and post like video taunts. It's very elaborate. I'm very excited about all of this. La La Land was fine, but it's garbage. It's like it was fine. It's a fine movie, but it, I don't think it deserved a best actress. She I'm played her like she like I like Emma Stone, but she plays <laughs> herself. herself in every movie. Yeah, but yeah. she has a movie coming up where she plays like a tennis player that should have been that should be her Oscar-winning role. I think it will end up being. Is it? Is it I good? Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it, but it, like it, it it's looks... the first time she's played someone not herself. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. And okay. and like Ryan Gosling. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. He's saying I'm gonna watch the Wimbledon one. Uh, yeah, and that's it for me. Middler. Sorry, Ooh. I failed. Real bad at this. I have. If you want to redo it, I now have a list of six possible movies. Well, I will read out my shoutouts, and you can choose one if you want. Okay. I'll just put in my input on during yours. Okay, okay. Because okay. we'll try that way. Um. So let's start with my shoutouts. 
Shout out to the cabin in the woods, Joss Whedon is Bay. <laughs> Stole my pick. Oh. oh! I actually read an apology after <laughs> it. Um, in Bruges was one that I did not know what I was getting into and I fucking fell in love. Drive is a huge one. I it's went... good or because it's bad? Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Okay. These, are, these are all good picks. I didn't put any bad picks on here. Because you sent that list of 10 best or 10 best yeah. movies and I was like, I don't know if that's... Drive Drive was like when I went in and I was like this better not be fucking Fast and Furious and then I went in and I was like what the shit is this movie <laughs> and it was so good and the the fucking soundtrack to that movie is one of the best soundtracks like I still I'm a sucker for soundtracks it's still on like my top ten list wow. right now for soundtracks uh, which actually my pick is probably also amongst the top ten <laughs> but anyway you get um, to it sometime this year Ooh. shout out also to Monsters Four Rooms Get Out. Queen, Moon, and oh a walk God. among the tombstones. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm disallowing this. I'm disallowing. That was like 11 movies. Listen, movies are harder. <laughs> why, don't I just, why don't I just listen to every movie I've ever seen? <laughs> Do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my pick was actually... I'm really excited Hold about on. This pick. Before you say this, Get Out... So we're talking about uh, movie theater atmosphere. Get Out had the yeah. best 100%. theater experience I yeah. think I've had in a long time. Yeah, 100%. Everyone was cheering. Yeah. Like, yes. Screaming out of their seats. And every white person looked uncomfortable, and it was the best feeling of my Did life. Did I look uncomfortable? <laughs> well, no. no. I was not with you. <laughs> Where I was... I was in, like, downtown Toronto, so it was fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was I the white, one of the whitest people there? Probably, yes. Yes. I will say <laughs> The that. answer is yes. Uh, anyway, so my actual pick is The Guest with Dan Stevens. Uh, it is marketed, or I think it was marketed as a horror movie, but I went in thinking it was going to be something totally different. So essentially, Dan Stevens is the guest at this house. He's an ex-soldier that goes to his fallen comrade's house unannounced. Do I know this? Visits their family and is like, hey, I was just dropping by and they let him stay with him. I thought what was going to happen was that this is going to be a horror or thriller movie about outside forces attacking... When, in, in fact, he's fucking insane. And not just that. Dan he, Stevens insane? He, yes. <laughs> he's not just insane. He is like a bio-enhanced soldier of some sort. And this what? is this whole movie. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? This movie was amazing. It was so chilling. Dan Stevens was born to play this role. <laughs> like, it was wow. so good. In fact, even when I was watching Beauty and the Beast, I was still creeped out by him. So much so because of this movie. Yeah, so he was amazing in it. And the soundtrack for this movie is one of the best soundtracks for sure. Like, they really took the time to pay attention to that soundtrack. Anyways, it was fucked up. But it was a great movie. You know what's super interesting? So I, you started talking about this and I was like, this sounds so familiar. And I remember you're the one that recommended that I should watch this. And me and Elisa one day sat down and we were here together. And we're like, okay, let's watch it. Wait. Me and someone. I don't remember who anymore. So I had to watch this movie. Um, it was also misleading for me because based on your recommendation, I thought it would be good. <gasps> oh, oh, shit. That movie is not that scary. It's not that it's chilling. It's not supposed to be scary. It's not, but it's not even that chilling. It's just weird. It's 
so good. I'm also, so maybe this is like, I would have assumed, like not knowing anything about it, just knowing that, let's say it was classified as horror, I would have assumed he was always going to go crazy, that he was the one that would kill the people in the house. Like I would have assumed that straight off the bat. So I wasn't surprised when that happened. And he was clearly so crazy from like 20 minutes in. But more than that, it attempts to, I think right at the very end, get really referential it starts to have like this really cool 80s vibe oh, and yeah. the vibe of it is cool this is a totally fucking different movie than the first 40 minutes of that movie where and it takes so long that yeah. movie takes the first hour to get any setup and everything happens in the last 10 minutes and nothing is explained nothing happens no i'm sorry you're wrong sometimes a movie is just a movie and you gotta enjoy it well, i normally that's fine if it's a good movie <laughs> but i like the tension that this causes what the drama. Lean into the drama of your the choice dr- being awful. <gasps> wow. It's always about my choices being awful. It's because I didn't fair. pick one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know what? I'm not ready to be that mean to step yet. Wow. Whoa. You're saved. We'll still new in your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to a point. But and once then... she shuts you down, you will feel it. And then you'll take heart? it out on everyone else in your life. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. Are, do you go home and are mean to your family because you of what I say to you? <laughs> Am I your bully? <laughs> you were my bully, and then I bully my rabbit. <laughs> oh, um, excuse me. People are going to hate me if they think I'm the cause for yeah. animal Yeah, cruelty. that's right. You are the cause. He gets less than 10 snacks now. <laughs> oh, so really I'm keeping him healthy. You're that's welcome, sweet. rabbit. <laughs> He's got a name. Yeah, but now that both of them are he's, I don't know which one you might be talking to about. Loki. Yeah. They're both he's? Yeah. I think one was a girl? Yep. <laughs> What's the other one's name? The other one was Ostara, and now her his name is Osiris. Did his, like, penis pop up or something? <laughs> his balls dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a delight. <laughs> Surprise! It's the only time anyone's described balls dropping as a delight. Ooh. Yeah, that was really surprised too. <laughs> she was like, "Well, look at that. He's a boy." And I was like, "Yep." Okay. Who thought. Okay, Christina's turn. Okay, so that's wrapping that up for. Let's hear your shitty good. pick. Yep. She's got fine. ten. Well, more. we already know what it is. I know. No, I have all other options besides Cabin in the Woods, just in case. Because while I do come ready with multiple options, it's not for shoutouts. It's so that Ooh. there are some in case one picks it, so that the mm-hmm. podcast can flow better. I'm the Ooh. one here thinking about the audience. Okay. So put that in your face. Uh, just please. The audience loves the shout outs. <laughs> the one out of two the people. 2.5 people. Really enjoy it. Yeah, the point five is when we listen to it again. Yeah. So at TIFF last year or the year before, there was a movie that was out called Kill Your Friends. And Nicholas Holt is in it. Oh, I so. love him. Yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. So someone was like, hey, do you want to go watch this movie with him? And I was like, 100%. The description of it, the only description provided, I'd like to tell you. Is it Kill Your Friends or Kill Your Darlings? It's Kill Your Friends. Kill Your Darlings is Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. And it's the one about the, like, beatnik generation, like Ginsburg uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Kill Your Darlings, also amazing. Could also be considered misleading, too. You yeah. might, If you don't know the story of those people, I think Kill Your Darlings would have a couple of curveballs. When it ends up being about murder. <laughs> they're like whoo yeah that's true yeah so there you go look at us popping up relevant choices everywhere no kill your friends is nicholas holt and the description is an a and r man which by the way it says a and r it means like music so like i don't know okay. what a and r stands for to be honest with you A&R um man. an a and r man recording audio what audio recording oh is that what you listen <laughs> see i don't know because he's more like an agent like okay. he finds talent but he's an a and r man and representative Audio and 
Stop it. <laughs> you don't know what it means either. An A&R man of indeterminate A&R status, working at the height of the Brit pop music craze, mm-hmm. goes to extremes in order to find his next hit. So hearing about that, it's about oh. the music scene in Britain in the 90s specifically. So it's got a great 90s aesthetics. So if you are a 90s child, you need to watch it because you will love it. Um, so you expect that there's going to be, you know, drugs and that quote unquote rock and roll lifestyle kind of vibe that they're going for. where Everything is really extreme and really cutthroat. You expect all of that. And there's drugs everywhere. They are terrible people in this movie. What you don't necessarily expect is the extreme amounts of murder that happen every, like, at a certain point, every 10 minutes someone is dying. That you care about? I can't. Yeah, no. Yes and no. Some of them you do. They're relevant characters. Like, someone isn't introduced just to die. For the first 20 minutes, you go along with someone, and then he is dead, and you're like, what the fuck? And then from that point on, it just gets more and more and more. And the whole time, I was on the edge of my seat. I was so into this fucking movie. Were they dying for a reason? Because the music industry is cutthroat, bitch. Wow. Literally, I swear to God. And that's what's crazy. You take a moment and you step back. All these people are dead because one person wants to advance their career in the 90s pop British scene. Was it Nicholas Holt? Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You totally. Although better. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. It's him in like the journalism scene, TV journalism scene. I think it's probably 2000s, but he's really fucking weird. And you're like, and he goes to extremes to get the story. Like, he is not experienced in the business, and he is still going to the extremes. He's like, yeah, I can fucking do this. And the whole time you're like, this guy's a fucking creep. He's going to kill somebody. But I don't think he actually does kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah, like, but the whole time. Spoiler alert, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, it's the most important death of the whole movie, Nat. Look, it's been a while. Major plot point. But anyway, it was very like, what the fuck's happening? (laughs) I'm going to say I prefer Kill Your Friends. I find Nightcrawler? Walker? Nightcrawler. Crawler. Nightcrawler to be too unsettling. I like that. There, it wasn't as... <laughs> well, no, that's that fair. But it wasn't... Like, I thought Kill Your Friends was a little bit more of that black humor, where I think a lot of it was more intentionally funny, because I think everyone has this whole idea that, like, it's it's the 90s British right. pop scene. At one point, he's attempting to put together a knockoff Spice Girls. Like, it's almost hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's hilarious. And then those scenes of hilarities of hilarity is cut with a lot of blood. A lot of blood I'm and spiraling. I'm probably going to watch this tonight. <laughs> you should. Also, you should watch stuff with Nicholas Holt in it. I love him. That's me wrapping up the movie that I'd like to add. I wrote down you could, three yeah. minutes ago. When you started talking about the guests, I was like, oh, that's terrible. And then I remembered Kill Your Friends. I wrote that down. I had completely different choices earlier. <laughs> I have four other completely different choices. Fine. Should we'll, we move on? We should, because apparently we're no longer doing shout outs. Uh, okay. Um, fine. Even though this one no, is a shout out sh- queen. I have a shout out. Co- I have I shout out people constantly in my real life, okay? In a podcast, I'm limited to one choice. I want to talk about the one that matters, not the eight that didn't cut it. We should move on to TV shows. Oh, should we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I realized how I said I had no shout outs, but I do have a shout out in TV shows. <laughs> I will not shout out TV shows. You guys should do whatever you want. I'm just perhaps going to I was just not. so, you were proud of me for not having shout outs, but I did. I, I, I was, do. I was proud of you, but okay, I'll take I'm that sorry. pride back. It's fine. I'll be proud of myself. Should I do my TV show? Yeah. I mean, you can try. <laughs> okay. Are you doing your shout outs first? No, I'm going to do my shout out at the end. Okay. Just to keep it real. So my show, which Nat introduced me to, is Sweet Vicious. <gasps> 
Have oh, you... that's not what I thought oh, you were going to pick. No, what did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to pick Flesh and Bone. Oh, I, <laughs> I forgot about that one. Do you... No. Because I do you want to redo your pick? <laughs> I wanted to Sweet Vicious knowing exactly what I was going to Oh, I get. didn't know. Oh, right. I might have just been like, watch this. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you're like, you, you, you like your words, you'll like this. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll try now. But yeah, it's a great show. Oh my god, Flesh and Bone. There might be two shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of one. Okay. So Sweet Vicious. So, yeah. So you basically just told me to watch it, and I didn't know what I was expecting. So, and then I looked up to see what uh, Wikipedia, i.e. Google said, and it's like, an offbeat superhero story for the millennial generation. That's nothing. And I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) And it's, MTV shows can be a hit or miss. Like, Laguna Beach was great, but then you have Teen Wolf. So, Sweet Vicious is about two girls, Ophelia and Jules. You can tell me if I'm wrong. So, bad things such as, like, sexual assault, rape keep happening on their campus, and then one of the girls who is a victim of rape, is that a spoiler? But you can... Uh, no, it's revealed pretty early on. Okay, yeah. So, one of the girls, Jules, is raped. And then, so she... To get over this, basically, she, like, gets fit, learns how to, like, kick ass, and then she goes and beats up people that have, like, done shitty... Basically, they're all guys, basically. Yeah. All the shitty guys that did things to other girls on campus... Are, like, known offenders. Which known. is pretty much, like, 99% of the guys on this campus. Because they're all dicks, Surprisingly, they're all fucking dicks, so like a with dicks real, for faces. Like a real campus, like a yes. real college campus. Like a, yeah, yeah. So yes. true to life. <laughs> um, and it's there's one scene. This is what sold the show to me. There's there was something happens. Some shit goes down, and then they're driving in the car, and then this a song from Wicked. <gasps> Yes, on the radio, and so then good. they sing along for like a minute, and that's when they like you're like they're gonna be best friends. And I was like this, and that's this was what showed the show for me. I'm like this is what I need. Yeah, um, it's so fucking. So good. okay, it has gems like that, but then it also talks like female friendship. How yes. two a guy and a girl can be friends and not want to have sex with each other. Yeah, I love it already. It has uh, class struggles like some guy's really good at football, but he has like a shitty past, and like mm-hmm. the school's trying to cover up what he's done. Yeah, and it also talks about like like the political stuff behind everything. There's like race, like uh, like racism. Like yes, the main her best friend, her best friend's black, and then something goes down. Ophelia's on, best friend is black. Ophelia's best friend is black. Something goes down on the school, like a sh- like they think a shooting is happening, and like the cops pull him over out of everyone on and the street, they and make I'm like. Him- drop his ice cream and he's like i'm just going to walking to school getting an ice cream on a tuesday <laughs> this poor man he was brilliant <laughs> i loved him like i love every he was, character he on was the really show. good though. i need to watch this it's he's, a great show okay yeah. sad just to bring it down has 100 percent ratings on rotten tomatoes yes but it did not get picked up for season two <gasps> which is fucking unbelievable fuck? like it's literally so unbelievable to me. and it ended on such a good note like you've never it's rare to find an mtv show that starts good and ends yeah. good and you're like i can keep going yeah like they set up mm-hmm. season two perfectly it was oh, the, also oh the words were from the interview that this isn't something this isn't we found that this wasn't the right fit for mtv i was like because it was too fucking it, positive it was too good for you fuck you yeah you have this siesta key and you can't have vicious <laughs> Fuck you, MTV. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Are we done with that? So, v- vigilante justice, guys. See, this is why you put a concluding sentence. Uh, that was my concluding sentence. Vigilante justice. justice. I like and then it. I do have two honorable mentions. Oh. 
So, so Flesh and Bone, done. which also doesn't have a second season, but I think it's in the works. It's I a ballet it's, show. Yeah. So it's a ballet show. You're going in thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, like, center stage. And they definitely talk about it, like, on IMDb. It's like, oh, it's the pressures of being a ballerina. But you're like, no. It's so it, much more. It's, like, very artistic, very, like, how do I describe it? As I would characterize it, the whole sh- the whole season is essentially its own ballet. Yeah. 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 Oh. Which, there's, like, mo- mafia ties in there. Yeah. So a girl basically leaves her hometown to move to New York to become a ballerina. And, it, I did, like, I don't want to give any spoilers away because yeah, it's that good. It's, it's so good. But I just remember sitting, screaming, being like, no! What's happening? <laughs> and my mom be like, are you okay? I'm like, don't worry. I'm like, don't talk to me. But it was They're like, yeah. dark. It's dark, 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 dark. More dark than you expect any show to be. When they say flesh and bone, it really hits. It hits you in the heart. Okay, don't make me roll my eyes because I will watch this, but if you... I will not. I will not watch it if you keep that up. But, like, one of the d- ballerinas is a guy from Center Stage, oh, which yeah. is a great if you've ever... Have you ever seen Center Stage? I have not seen Center Stage. <gasps> I've seen Bunheads. That doesn't count! <laughs> oh, my God. Dance movies are my favorite, so, yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say is Southern Charm. Which I've tried to get. It's a reality TV show. Have I, have I tried to sell you the oh, show yet? You have sent me numerous clips <laughs> of this show. Like, and no one... I, you were me before I discovered the show. So my sister loves the show and she'd be sitting and watching. I'm like, what are you watching? She's like, Southern Charm. I'm like, I can't deal with that. <laughs> it's going to be like a Real Housewives. But it's not like Real Housewives. <laughs> it's just people in Charleston, South Carolina. Too much money. Too much free time because they don't have real jobs. And you think the drama's going to be with like the women on the show. But it's all about the boy drama. They're all fighting. The guys are all fighting. They're all jealous of each other. It's like, it morphed to the guys. And it's so much better than you think. Okay. All right. I'm Check interested it out, now. guys. <laughs> Southern Trump. I tried to sell you this before. This is the exact same way. How many seasons are there? Four. Oh my That's God, a lot. That's too many. Too many. Well, I'll try a couple sweet. episodes. You have Sweet Vicious and Flesh and Bone to do? I do. I do. You got nothing. They're both very short. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm done. Your turn. Well, I'll skip my shout-outs, well, because you covered some of them, so <laughs> it's fine. I'll sit here and continue the anti-shout-out. Fine. My TV show pick for misleading is Residue. It's on Netflix. It's only three episodes, and they actually did uh, a movie for this first. It was supposed to be, I guess, like a pilot movie to, like, pitch it to somebody. I don't know. Movie was shit, because there's, like, so many scenes cut out of there, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? But the three episodes that you do get from the show that are available on Netflix are the whole time you're like, what the fuck is happening? And you're not sure whether you love it or hate it. I think it's a little bit of both. But essentially the show is, it surrounds this couple. There's a woman who is a photojournalist and then her boyfriend or has, I think it's just her boyfriend. He works somewhere in the political sector somehow that's important, but not too important. You may know the actors. The guy is played by Simon from Misfits or the other guy from Game of Thrones. And then the main girl is Tonks from Harry Potter. She was also in Game of Thrones, actually. I mean, that's because who hasn't been? That's true. Like, at a certain point. Ed fucking Sheeran can be Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they're both in what I assume is futuristic London. It doesn't really explain in the show. It's just some big metropolitan city. Um, And they're both sitting there in their living room New Year's Eve and a fucking huge ass explosion goes off in the middle of London. And the whole TV show, not movie, (laughs) the whole TV show kind of revolves around um, the girl trying to figure out what happened and why this explosion occurred and why 
why the government is trying to cover it up. And on the other hand, her boyfriend was part of the cover-up, but then he doesn't really know what's happening either. So then on his own, he's trying to figure out what's happening at this, like, quarantine site. And so they eventually, she's trying to tell him that, oh my god, there's, like, smoke ghosts and mini dementors. It's fucking weird. (laughs) There's, like, some weird-ass shit. And these, like, smoke ghosts come out and they can, like, do things to people. And people do crazy-ass shit. Like, one guy, like, annihilated his whole family, I think, at some point. It was crazy crazy it's so dark but like so paranormal but at the same time futuristic so you're like what the fuck am i watching it's like this weird futuristic paranormal black mirror cross and you're like i don't know what's happening and so eventually they both make it to the quarantine site he's made it on his own and he's kind of gotten infected or something's happened to him and she gets there and there's like people still living there and they're like we hide from the government they're hiding from this military it's like this really you're explaining it to me and i'm like i don't know what <laughs> It's, it's, I'm so confused. So, it's so convoluted, but when you're watching, you're like, I'm so fucking fascinated by this story. Because there's like, there, there's so much potential in everything that they're talking about that you're like, what is going on? It's like, it's basically like watching Black Mirror, but elongated. Like one episode elongated over a series, which is what I feel like is going to happen, which I believe Netflix is still picking it up for more episodes or more seasons or whatever, mm-hmm. is going to continue to happen because at the end, spoiler, at the end she gets captured and they're like, well, nobody knows you're here. And like, it's like, What? <laughs> What are they going to do? But it's basically like this whole cover up that they're trying to mask. And it's just like shit has happened. It's paranormal, but it's not. But it has to do with the government. It's really weird. But I'm pretty sure it's very Black Mirror-esque is what I keep repeating. I mean, Got the, it. the Black Mirror part makes you want to watch it. Everything else you said does not. It's The thing is, the whole time you're like, do I hate this or do I love this? But I liked it enough that I was like, I like I went in expecting something like it. it, They market it as horror and you go in and you're like, this is not horror at all. It is just paranormal, but like not in like a creepy like I am never creeped out during this whole thing. It does have a lot of potential, which is why I put it on my list, because it was one of the most surprising TV shows I've ever seen. Because I find with most TV shows, when you go into them, at a certain point, you know what to expect. So it's hard to choose a TV show that, like, throughout the whole thing, you're like, oh my god, I'm so surprised the whole way through. Yeah, like, I had a lot of picks that I could have chosen for this, but this one was short enough. And so fucked up enough, I was like, what the fuck is happening? At least with, like, Black Mirror, I get the pattern now. But with this, it's like the whole time I'm like, I don't know which way this is going to (laughs) go. Like, I still do not know. If I watch this, I don't think it's like Black Mirror at all. I'm going to get real mad at you. I love Black Mirror. I love Black Mirror too. I'm just alluding to the fact that it's futuristic and it seems to be going in a Black Mirror direction, but it can go in a totally different direction. I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. incomplete as of this moment. Mm -hmm. So you may want to wait. Maybe I will. It's like a lot of time and effort to put into this. I mean, it's three episodes. That's <laughs> How long so are many. They? They're like an hour each, I think. Okay. Yeah. You could watch the short version of the movie, but the movie is shit. No. You could watch awful. it tonight. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to go into I'm going to talk about my TV show. So my television show, which is one that I didn't really have the right expectations for going into it. I thought it was going to be one thing. And it turned out to kind of be that, but be something slightly different. And then before I knew it, I was knee deep in it and I was in love with it. Some people will have heard me talk about this before because, like I said, it's my shame watch to a certain extent. And that television show is Spartacus. Uh, (laughs) I've heard you talk about this. So, yeah. So this is going to be not fun for anyone in this room right now. Wait, you went into it not knowing what it was? Okay, so... Which seems weird, right? Because it's pretty self-explanatory. And that's why I say this is my fault and not the fault of anyone marketing this show. (laughs) 
I, for whatever reason, I, it's like I didn't watch it when it was on TV. I watched it a little bit afterwards. And I knew it would be about the story of Spartacus and a bunch of gladiators who rebel and like start a, a rebel war and try to free slaves and all that. Like I got the crux of what it was going to be, but in my head, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not what I got. I, I think I was expecting something that I could like have it in the background, wouldn't need to pay attention to, kind of similar to, I, I don't, like, I don't even know what I would say it's kind of similar to. I probably like to watch it the same way I like to watch Marco Polo. I was just kind of expecting like, whatever, it's dumb, it's stupid. I can have it on, it'll be inoffensive, it'll be kind of trash, or maybe it won't, but it'll probably be a little bit terrible. But I started watching it, the first episode, I was like, holy crap, holy crap, this is terrible. This is such a bad show. There is the gore, the way that they do the blood and the fight scenes is so over the top and so excessive. The first episode fed my misunderstanding of it because it's over the top and it's like heads are flying off people. <laughs> at one point, that. at one point, this dude has a sword. And then because at this point, he's not a gladiator yet, but it's still set in like ancient Rome. So these people are fighting in what is essentially a diaper. Like, let's not act like oh, this God. claw thing is anything other than a diaper. And they're fighting like soldiers <laughs> in full armor. And this dude pulls out his sword and he swings it and he chops some guy's head off, like right off. Someone who is in the, in the middle of moving just swings off his head with one cut the head like spins and turns around and like flies toward this screen there's all this like the blood is so clearly fake like i feel like when they do it the blood is never supposed to look real because it's so low budget (laughs) listen i don't think that the show had a low budget though is the thing Uh, it it might have actually star no i think it was spike wasn't it no, 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 Spike no, no, didn't no, no. have this one. No, no, no. They might have showed it on it, there. But you know what? It might have been stars, and it was I, something with an S. I think it was. I'm pretty positive it was stars. It's weird because Flesh and Bones is also stars. I know. That's so what does like, that mean? Flesh and Bones is so well done. So yeah. So the first <laughs> episode did not. Also, it's from New Zealand. We've just dis- we've discussed already that Australians and New Zealanders they know what they're doing. So let's get that it's out of true. the way. It's true. Um. So the first episode, I think, is like, even to this day, I go back and watch it, and I'm like, this first episode is so terrible, and it's garbage, but it was perfect for what I wanted in that moment, something that was kind of garbage I didn't need to pay attention to. But somewhere, again, around, like, that, like, third, fourth episode of the season, I can't do anything but watch this show. I cannot- Was it Lucy Lawless? Oh my god, Lucy Lawless is such a good part! That is She's so good. One of the reasons. She is so great. There is- the first season has a lot more like it's basically House of Cards for Ancient Rome. The first and the second season are House of Cards. For I only Rome. watched the first one, but yeah. I agree, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and the House. Uh, so the second season is actually a prequel because the going back to I'm gonna bring up some Nat commentary. Uh, after the first season, the main actor died, oh, so right. they we made a prequel. Serve. Yeah, oh, it was very. I sad. thought like killed off in the show. No, no. Yeah. yeah. So what they ended up doing because they were trying to figure out should they bring it back, like what should they do? They um the second season is actually a prequel before his character's even introduced um, about the people who essentially like own the Ludus and the gladiators. Yeah. Who are your favorite characters in season or not your favorite characters, but like our great characters in season one. They're awful, but oh my God, they're so entertaining to watch. Yeah. Lucy Lawless is one of them and she is so good. Um, and then they go back to season three and it <laughs> picks up where season one ended. It's like all your dreams of Xena, but mm. like in a different world. Okay. <laughs> it is, like, Did you end up watching the show? I only watched the first season. Yeah. I think after he died of cancer, Who's I was too sad actor? to watch it. The actor that died or the actor that picked up? That died. Died. The actor that died was Andy Whitfield. Show me a photo. Um, I will. One second. There you go. 
He's good looking. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I mean, I know what he looks like. As I but... keep pressing back. The guy that played the second one was Liam McIntyre, and I always feel a little bit bad about saying this. I kind of preferred him. And I feel really, really bad about that because the only reason he's in it is because the first guy died. Yeah. You cunt. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I liked the second version's portrayal of Spartacus better. But no, it's over. And this is one of the reasons I love this show, too. The show originally, the guy that made it, Stephen DeKnight, wanted like five seasons. And then as he was writing it, he was like, you know what? I've like laid out my plot points for all five seasons. Seasons four and five are crazy repetitive. I think people will get bored. So I'm not going to do that. I'm only going to do three seasons. And they ended up having four because of the prequel. And I love that so much. I love the understanding that like your show will go on too long if you make it that long. Mm -hmm. It's just four really, really great seasons. Crazy Anatomy, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Weeds, I'm looking at you. Fucking should have died exactly. at season three. And so and that's why. So right away, you should know that there's Favorite a level hair. of caring into the writing of this that you would not expect from anything that you would see about Spartacus. So somewhere around the first season, I fell in love with it. The problem happens to when you get to the very end of the fourth season, and I'm gone now. I wanted a lighthearted, you know, television show I could do while I was working or cleaning or doing something around the house. Instead, I have spent like four straight days on my couch doing piss nothing, barely going to bed. I'm like, no, I'll sleep on this couch. I will not move. I have to keep watching this. And then you get to season four and it's like the final war. And I'm like, my heart is breaking everywhere. There's a scene where two characters are saying goodbye for each other for what could be the last time. And I'm not a sentimental person. I don't cry a lot. Not a lot of things get to me. Every time I have to get up and like walk away from this scene. Because I can't watch it. When they have these moments where they're like, my place is Nick. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I freak out about it every time. This show is low-key one of the best written shows ever. It's really good. It's best fantastic. Best show ever. That's, that's, that's a big, it is. Can it's I a big statement. It is misleading because people look at the like shitty gore of it and you have an assumption of what it's going to be and you don't know that the emotion are real <laughs> there's a lot happening and near the end of it i was in love with the gore this is how i want all fight scenes to look like the so aggressively over the top with the really bright red blood i thought it was good because it i assume kind of talking about what you were talking about with the book there's a point to be made there they're gladiators and they're being exploited for the murders i think that there's a point being made with the really over the top uh-huh. violence finding some meaning in things yeah. <laughs> i'm bringing it back okay i'm bringing it back to where we started this conversation i'm also bringing it back because you said how you like the blood and murder scenes yeah. and then Sweet you weren't goodness. really t- no no hunger games <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. the one thing that i was like where's the blood and i know they're ch- i know they're children and they didn't yeah. want it to be graphic but yeah. i'm like person died there'd be blood everywhere yeah. and it did not live up to my reminding so, me of blood is, is the exact opposite of that yeah. someone gets a paper cut and it's like <laughs> like there is there's <laughs> a splash zone in that whole show are we wrapping it up um yeah so i like i mean i'm not gonna talk about the plot as far as because if you've ever taken a history class you should know it so <laughs> yes i'm going to recommend that everyone should watch it at the very least it's an enjoyable four seasons for me it was like uh this is actually one of my favorite shows that i've ever seen four seasons when all i wanted was background music well all right so that's it misleading shit that's been our second episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Natasha. And I'm Christina. Bye. Bye. Music credit goes to artist Clarabelle for the song Wallflower and Jazz Har for the song Please Listen Carefully. Gay Dragons. That's what you're supposed to send me.
Did you really ask people like, what are what is your misleading book movie or TV show? I guess it's like put it in the comments. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we need social media handles before we can do that. Our links will be below because <laughs> I don't know below. yet anything. <laughs> this isn't YouTube. This is, this is, <laughs> subscribe. This is the point. 